Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on TexasFootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership, here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it's Texas Football Today, a show. That is celebrating the Texas high school football playoffs. Yeehaw. Yeet. My, what have I told you about that word? My name is Greg Continue Tepper. Continue to use it. I'm the managing editor of Dave Cable's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live on texasfootball.com, on Facebook, on YouTube, or on Twitch, or you're listening to us in the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show i'm sitting here sitting over there at the helm today dressed rather elegantly i must say <laughs> she is the duchess of the dork she's ashley pickle yeah we had to we had to be business people we had to have yeah we had to have like business so that means business like, well and then i get here like and the, i set my phone down and i can't find it forever and i like verbally yelled in the office this is what happens when i don't have pockets yeah, I know. <laughs> like, um yeah we so we have a president that we've mentioned adam uh-huh. uh, but he's like here in the office and then we have like a chairman yeah. And the chairman was here. Yeah. So we were all like, oh, So I'd wear a up, dress. Up, up. I, you know. Hey, guys, don't <laughs> worry, though. Fresh kicks. Still got the kicks. Today is Thursday, November 11th, 2021. 14 days till Thanksgiving. Forget a birthday. Happy bur- uh, happy Veterans Day uh, to yes. all the veterans out there, including uh, two of our favorite veterans, Corey Hogue and Brent Homan, uh, good buddies of ours here uh, in, uh, in in the TFT universe. We love you very much. Thank you so much for everything that you've done and uh, for uh, your service, uh, both to the, the veterans we know and the veterans we don't. Mm-hmm. We, we could not do our unique brand of of nonsense without you yes uh and so thank you very much for making that uh possible uh you are truly heroes and we probably don't tell you that enough and i don't mean we i mean like the royal the, we yeah we probably don't too but like the royal we does not tell you that enough so yes. thank you very much to our veterans uh happy veterans day episode 1280 on today's show guys we've got your playoff edition but groove guide oh, the butt groove guide. we're gonna tell you how you can spend your whole weekend on your couch uh, watching great football across state, do or die football. <sighs> Doesn't get any better than that. Then my, uh, I guess you can call it exclusive because I was the only one who did the interview. Yeah. Uh, although I think other people have interviewed him. Uh, but I got an opportunity yesterday to sit down <laughs> yeah. and chat with the new head coach of the Texas Tech Raider Raiders, Joey McGuire. 
uh, a great conversation, a wide-ranging conversation um, about uh, a few different things, including what his staff is going to look like, um, what it was like to leave Baylor, which is something I think is is, is on a lot of people's minds, um, as well as you know carrying the flag for Texas high school football coaches, things like that. We had a wide-ranging conversation with the new head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders, Joey McGuire. That's coming up here in a moment. Back half of the show, we've got the picks, my high school football predictions for week uh, the by district round, yeah. the first round of the Texas. So we don't have to worry playoffs. about numbers anymore. <laughs> we really don't. That's great. Uh, how many games did I pick? All three hundred and fifty-two. All of them, literally all of them. All three hundred and fifty-two Texas high school football games predicted coming up here at the back half of the show. We'll round it all out with some college football burning questions with Dave Campbell's Texas football college football insider Mike Craven, Let's who go. will join us. So a big beefy show here to kick off the playoffs. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Rob Hadaway, Christo Fire 100, <laughs> Terry Craw- Coach Terry Crawford. 10-0 uh, Abbott Panthers, big game this week against Avalon. And Aaron Arbuckle, who said we are yeeting into the playoffs. You got to stop <laughs> that. You Welcome in, Bellas. You're the worst. All right, Pickle. The first round of the Texas high school football playoffs are here. You can sense it. You can feel it. I think there's a game at five because I think there's a double header going on out west. Okay. So I think the playoffs start in about five hours. Ooh. Uh, 352 UIL Texas high school football games across the state. And and look, I don't want to tell you not to go out to a game. Mm-hmm. If you have the means, go out to a game. Enjoy yourself. Nothing like a Texas high school football playoff game. The atmosphere there, it's going to be a lot of fun. Yes. That said... I think there's also a certain amount of people who want to sit on the couch and they want to enjoy a plethora, if you will, a mm-hmm. smorgasbord, if you will, a wide variety, a tasting menu of sorts of Texas high school football playoff games plus some college action. We want to tell you how. It's your by district playoffs butt groove guide, how to work on that butt groove on your couch. Butt groove like that, that hand guide. Motion. <laughs> that hand motion. Uh, and so we're going to tell you how to spend your weekend on the couch. Let's start on... Thursday. Dateline. Let's start with 6 o'clock tonight, the first game we've got on TexanLive.com. You can watch Galveston Ball and Katie Pato. Pato is a team we've got hopes for. Um, Pato's interesting because Pato's a team that we've got hopes for making a deep run in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Um, but they are also still such a young program. Uh, look, they are pretty big favorites over Galveston Ball, I would say. But at the same time, if you want to watch a game at 6 o'clock, we've got that. 6.30, you can watch another contender from the Houston area. Mm-hmm. This one uh, is Cy Park, a contender in 6A Division II Region II. Uh, they are taking on Tomball in a game that I do think is interesting and could get very in- could get interesting. You know, Cy Park uh, is looking... Now, they made the playoffs before? That's a good question. This might be the first playoff game. I think it is because they've only been, what, four years? Yeah. Yeah, I think this is their game. first playoff game. Uh, of course, the district Actually, champions. I know that it is, yes. Of course, it's the first district champions, uh, champions, but they're playing their first playoff game against a game Tomball team. They're favored, but keep an eye on this one, especially they're my pick to win Region 2, so mm-hmm. if you want to see that, you can. 7 o'clock is where things get a little bit interesting. 7 o'clock is where things get a little bit interesting. You've got a couple of options, and, and, and let's be clear about things, okay? This is a week, the first week of the Texas high school football playoffs, 
sometimes you've got some mismatches. Mm -hmm. So this is actually, I think this is a good opportunity to get some eyes on contenders. Yes. See what you think about them. One of them is in night seven o'clock, uh, in action tonight, seven o'clock at uh, Planet Ford Stadium. Our friend Gavin Moritz on the call in Texan Live as Conroe takes on Spring Westfield. Spring Westfield is, in my opinion, a contender, uh, a team that I think could challenge Duncanville for the Region 2 crown in 6A Division 1. You can get some eyes on them. Uh, a tricky game. Well, there's a, boy, there's a few. Yeah. At seven o'clock, you could go with. I think Fort Bend Travis is better than six and four. I think they can give Katie Tompkins some trouble. So if you want a game that's got uh, like some upset potential, uh, I also think, and this this would be a huge upset, right? Mm -hmm. But Pasadena Adobe's eight and two. They They're gonna, not a pushover. And they ain't going to be scared of Galena Park North Shore. So you can watch that game at 7 o'clock. 7.30, you also have Navasota and Wimberley. Uh, now, Navis, this is a down Navasota team. Mm -hmm. But this is one of Wimberley, those, get your eyes on a contender. Get your eyes on Wimberley. See what you think. Because I think your mileage may vary on what you think of Wimberley. Um, Defense, super good. I'm interested to see what that offense that does offense in the playoffs. so up and down. Yeah. It scares me a little Defense bit. is great. But so, uh, very interested in that Wimberley and Navasota. That's on at 7.30. Uh, Jared Robinson on the call in Texan Live. Let's matriculate on to Friday! Dateline! A giant slate of games on TexanLive.com uh, that you can watch. At 6 o'clock, you've got Katie and Fort Ben Clements. Katie is in, uh, in my opinion, not in a ton of danger in this game. Mm -hmm. uh, Fort Ben Clements, though, is a great story, making their first playoff appearance since 2008. Um, they are they're going to be playing with a lot of uh, something in vinegar. They're going to be coming out, so if you want to get a little bit of playoff intensity, there's certainly a lot, a lot to enjoy there. Four Penn Clements and Katie going on six o'clock, seven o'clock. Where things is where we get some, we get to the fireworks factory. Yes, and there are a lot of games that I can recommend to you. And again, we're working under the assumption this is your first Buck Group guide. Mm -hmm. uh, working under the assumption you have three screens of your availability: uh, big screen, TV, then you got a computer, and you got a phone, so you can watch three games at once. Mm -hmm. <sighs> What do I want to recommend the most? Okay, what I want to recommend the most is Spring in the Woodlands. Okay. Spring in the Woodlands is, in my opinion, the best uh, playoff game of the week. I think mm -hmm. it's the best by-district game this week. That's a top-20 matchup at 6A yeah. in the first round of the playoffs. Bishop Davenport uh, going up against uh, Mabry Matower, the sophomore quarterback for, for the Woodlands. This is a this is a, the Woodlands team that I think can... When they play to their paper, I think they can beat almost anybody. Mm -hmm. uh, they will have their hands full yes. with uh, with the mighty Spring Lions, who's one loss in the year. So the aforementioned Spring Westfield. Mm -hmm. That game is at seven o'clock. Uh, it will be uh, Corey Farr on the call. Uh, but Spring in the Woodlands is my. I want you to put that on the big screen. That's the big game this tonight. Mm -hmm. Then the other one. Oh, are you going to call one out? I think uh, Silsby and Seely. See, see, so, so this is this is going to get tough. Yeah. Okay. Because I think you're right. But on the second screen, I, I actually want to send you to Bridgeland and Klein Collins. Oh. Okay? Bridgeland and Klein Collins. You'll be there. What? Let me just ask you a question. Mm -hmm. You talked with David Raphael. I did. What is the status of Connor Wigman? He's healthy and ready to go. He's healthy and ready to go. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think Bridgeland's a favorite. Then. Yes. It literally comes down to that. Yes. Now, Klein Collins is a 6-4 and four team. Uh, as Matt Stepp said on um, as Matt Stepp say, said on Tep and Step, do not look at their record and make an assumption. No. Look at how they have played. Uh, this is a team They're that... They're 6-4. They started 0-4, mm -hmm. okay? But those losses were to Atascacita, North Shore, Tompkins, and then a uh, bit of a dicey, dicey loss to Willis. Yes. But since then, they have been a wrecking machine. Yes. Okay? That is a team that is feeling it. They can absolutely beat Bridgeland. That is a game that I would put on your second screen there is Bridgeland and Klein Collins. I'm very intrigued by that one. And then your third screen. 
So here's here's what's funny. I think you're going to disagree with me. But on your third screen, I want to send you I want to send you to Shelton Stadium in Buda. And I want to watch Cedar Park and Buda Johnson. Okay. Okay. Now, Silsby Sealy's a great game. This is big from a more of a not a historical. I think thing, there's. I mean, look. This would be huge what's for so Buda. intriguing about this is this is such a huge pedigree disparity. Mm-hmm. Okay, Buda Johnson, new program. I am fairly certain. Let me make sure I don't put my. Well, let me start with Cedar Park. Cedar Park is the defending. Uh, runners-up, the mm-hmm. defending regional champions, a team that has played deep in the playoffs uh, year after year after year, and they are they are no stranger to this stage, right? They are no stranger to this stage. This is the first playoff game ever for Buta Johnson. Yeah. And yet, right now, if you were to ask me who the favorite in this game is, I would probably say it's... Uh, I would probably say it's Buta Johnson. They're 9-1. and one. They have looked more consistently strong I think they're the favorite. And so a great, but but this is also the time when CP shines. This is the time when the Timberwolves wake up and do big things. Like they're the so, they're the La Vega slow cooker. <laughs> they are, so there's so much intrigue in this one. So that's where I would send your screens to, okay? Big screen, Spring in the Woodlands. Second screen, I want you to be on uh, Bridgeland and Klein College. Mm-hmm. Third screen, I want you to be on Buta Johnson and Cedar Park. All those games are on TexanLive.com. Of course, we want you to watch Valley Sports Southwest as well. Our friends there, six hours of live Texas high school football coverage. It's bow tie week for your boy. Oh, so, nice. That's right, I got a new bow tie. I was real conflicted about what to wear this week because it's like cold outside, but I'm in Houston, so it's not cold and it's humid and it's confusing. I know you'll wear a parka. <laughs> Saturday! Dateline! It's going to be a big college football Saturday. There's only five uh, playoff games on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, none of them are on Texan Live, unfortunately. So yep. if you can find a screen for we, Again, though, we, that's, when, uh, that's yeah. when a lot of the volleyball regional finals are going mm-hmm. on. So just remember nothing but, oh gosh, yeah. what did you say? Vi- vibes? V- Veebs. Veebs. There we go. Veebs. <laughs> Nothing but Veebs. Good Veebs only. 11 o'clock, you get Baylor in, U- uh, Baylor in Oklahoma. Um, th- we'll talk about in burning questions uh, about the, the key in this one, but I-, I wonder if Caleb Williams has played a good defense. He will get one against Baylor. Uh, and can Baylor bounce back from a real turd against TCU. There's no other way to put it. Interested in that one. That one's at 11 a.m. Also at 11 a.m. Uh, if you're into uh, if you're into uh, murders, uh, Houston plays Temple. Hey guys, you ever seen a dead body? And uh, and then SMU plays UCF, which may actually be an interesting game. SMU, let's quit farting around. Yeah. You're better than UCF. Don't fart around. Go win it. You're at home. Don't fart around. Don't fart around SMU. One o'clock. I cannot in good conscience recommend that you watch Rice in Western Kentucky. What I can tell you is on the Lone Star Conference uh, uh, digital network, you can watch UT Premium Basin in Midwestern State. That game's pretty interesting. I also cannot in good conscience ask you to watch Texas State and Georgia Southern. 2.30, I guess watch... Oh, God. (laughs) I guess watch Tech and Iowa State. The middle, the, 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 there's a, there's a big ugly middle here of, of the, of the day. Yeah, I know what's coming at 3. Um, 2.30, 2.30, watch Texas Tech and Iowa State. See if Texas Tech plays with a little bit more vinegar after um, after hiring Joey McGuire. He'll be there. I'm sure he'll be interviewed. I believe Mike Craven's going to be going to be following him around. Yes, he is. Uh, for a story. Uh, but you can watch that. Can Texas Tech pull the upset there in Lubbock? That game is on ESPN Deuce. Uh, 3 o'clock on ESPN Plus. You can watch UTEP in North Texas mm-hmm. if you're a real sicko. Then the night slate. 
Night's Lake gets gets juicy. Good, because that was a rough way to get here. Six o'clock, you're going to need to lock in A&M and Ole Miss. Yes. Um, A&M still alive in the SEC West. This is a tough night road game against a talented quarterback. They have had trouble uh, historically with games like that. Mm-hmm. They have also had trouble with quarterbacks like Matt Corral. Yes. Keep an eye on this one. That game is at uh, 6 o'clock. You also get Kansas and Texas. <sighs> And uh, then 6.30, you get to TCU at Oklahoma State. Can TCU keep that magic going? Maybe. But that game's on Fox. Anyway. That, we'll find out. We'll all find out together, actually. That is your butt groove guide. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. Pickle talk about the Parker University game-winning decision of the week. Dave Campbell's Texas Football is proud to partner with Parker University Sports and Performance Center and Synapse Human Performance Centers to honor game-winning decisions by big-time Texas high school football stars. This week, Richardson Berkner, uh, they're Jamari Williams. Richardson Berkner secured a spot in the 2021 UIL football state playoffs as Jamari Williams ran for a 10-yard touchdown with 153 left to uh, push the Rams past Irving Nimitz 14-7. Berkner now gets to face Grand Prairie next week for their first playoff appearance in several years. Parker University Sports and Performance Centers and Synapse Human Performance Centers treat athletic injuries and provide sports rehabilitation to help get athletes competing as fast as possible. Learn more at synapsehpc.com. That's S-Y-N-A-P-S-E-H-P-C.com. Kind of was sing-songy. I was going to say, yeah, it's like you're learning your ABCs over there. Pickle, yesterday I had a great opportunity to sit down with the new head coach at the Texas Tech Red Raiders. It is Joey McGuire. We had a wide-ranging conversation about taking the job, about what it means to him to be out there in Lubbock, about leaving Baylor, about uh, his relationship with the existing staff about carrying the flag for Texas high school football coaches. And most importantly, at the end of the conversation, I ask him the hard-hitting question, has he ever thrown a tortilla? Let's find out together. Here's my conversation with Texas Tech head coach Joey McGuire here on Texas Football Today. Have you heard a roar coming from the South Plains of Lubbock, uh, maybe late, late Sunday night, early Monday morning, and then into Tuesday? It's probably because of this man. We are joined by the new head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders, Coach Joe McGuire. Coach, congratulations on the gig, first and foremost. Thank you so much, man. Thank you. It's uh, getting to talk to you and, and hearing those words come out of, of your mouth. Man, you know what I think of you and what your your whole staff does there. And so, man, it's just incredible to be able to talk to you and, and saying that head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders, fired up, man. Well, and, you know, that's a good place to start because, you know, your rise has been pretty swift. You know, right. it was not long ago that you were, you were turning them horns loose and you were the head coach of the, of the Cedar Hill Longhorns. And now uh, you're the head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders. I think there are some people on the outside who may uh, be surprised at how quick the rise has been for you. Has it surprised you how quickly you've risen to this moment? Um, yes. I mean, it really, it really has. Um not from the standpoint of not being ready or, or not being prepared because I mean, the guy I've worked for three head coaches and I feel like, well, one's in the hall of fame and Robert Woods and, you know, Matt rule and Dave Aranda at the end of their career, I'm sure they're going to be in 
Hall of Fames, uh, two or three of them. So, you know, I've had incredible mentors, uh, you know, and, and, and had known Mac Rhodes and, and Gina Farmer, the AD, the former AD at Cedar Hill and then Mac at, at Baylor. So I'm ready, uh, but also understanding that this doesn't happen, you know, uh, very often. And so I, I take that very serious, you know, and I, and I think uh, I told my wife last night, she was like, Debbie's like, well, what do you think? And I'm like, you know me and you know how driven I am to win and do it the right way. I said, but after last night and the passion uh, with this Texas Tech fan base, I'm like, man, I want to do it even more because I they want to do it even more. And man, what a special place to start. You know, I, I think that the one thing I think is interesting, you were, um, you know, we, we, we've heard a lot about how you're a good fit for Tech. Um, and I kind of want to take that that question and turn it on its head. Why is Tech such a good fit for you? Why why was this the job that that when it came open you leapt at it and this was the opportunity you wanted to pursue? Well, I think uh, a couple of reasons. One, we're in the great state of Texas, you know, and that's that's me through and through. I mean, I wore Texas uh, the Texas flag socks yesterday to make sure they understood that they're getting a, a full blown Texan. Um, I think, uh, you know, whenever you have it, when you're in a state uh, that you can recruit uh, your own players in that state and win the conference, uh, that's very, very appealing. The second thing, and, and it could be 1A, 1B, is the administration here and, and the backing that they are, are putting behind this program is just, it's second to none. It's, I think it's going to blow people away. Uh, whenever everything's said and done and the building that we're going to do. And, and so the, they are, are all in, you know, and so that's so intriguing to be a part of that. And then I have a lot of experience out here in West Texas from the standpoint of, I, I know it's a joke right now, but my dog literally was born in Lubbock, you know, and, and my daughter graduated from Lubbock, my best friend played out here. And so every time I've been to West Texas, uh, you know, I had two aunts that spent almost their entire life in La Mesa. And so every single time I've been out here, the people out here and, and the brand of football that's being played out here, it just intrigues me and I wanted to be a part of it. And so I think it's a great fit definitely for me. And, and I want to make every single day, make sure they know that they, they made the right choice. Uh, Tuesday at your press conference, uh, you started off by getting out from behind the microphone and yelling Raider power. Um, I think there were maybe some people who don't know you who were surprised by that. I know right. everyone in this building was not surprised by that. We would have been honestly disappointed if you hadn't done it. And I guess, you know, to me, that that speaks to uh, the, the passion that you bring to that, to that job. And I, I imagine that that's one of the things you wanted to, to show tech fans and, and the tech brass there at your press conferences that you are passionate about this job. And this is, this is, you know, not a stop is the destination for you. Right. Man, you said it hundred percent right with that last part. I mean, it is, you know, and that was part of the intriguing part too of, of, of uh, this job is it's just somewhere that I can be for the rest of my life and build something special with this, this, uh, the staff that we're going to bring in and then the administration. And then I, you, your honor, I've been a part of that Raider power. I've, I've sat in those stands and and uh, seen some incredible games. And I've when they said Raider, I've been on the other side of the stand saying power. And I knew that was uh, you know the calling card. There's a couple calling cards for the Red Raiders, and that was one of them. And I wanted to make sure that they 
knew I'm one of them, you know, I, I'm one of them. And so I wanted to start it off like that. And you know, me, one of my buddies is at the, uh, at the press conference, he actually turned to Kirby and he said, you're getting about a four, man. You hadn't seen 10 yet. And so, yeah, you know, I, I'm going to, I'm going to wake up every day and put, when my feet hit the ground, I'm going to be fired up about the Red Raiders. Yeah, I, I have no doubt about that. Uh, you know, there, there is another side to this, which is the job that you left. You, you've been at Baylor uh, for, for the last uh, last few years. And, and, of course, Matt Rule gave you your, your break into the college game. And then Dave Aranda, of course, uh, you know, helped, uh, you know, kept you on staff and, 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 and kind of promoted you into the position that you are. Were. Um, you've got deep ties to Baylor, too. Uh, you know, we, this hasn't been asked a ton, but, but how difficult was it to leave? to leave Baylor because I know that you've got very, very, I know you're very close to the folks there. Right. It, you know, I'm going to tell you, it was, it was really tough. Uh, and you know what I'm going to say, it was really tough leaving those guys. I mean, uh, the way we were recruit here and the way that we recruited there, whenever uh, with Matt rule is we recruited as a staff. And so we were literally besides three kids, I was a part of recruiting every single kid that was there and I have a relationship with every single one of them. And so it was tough, but I mean, they were so fired up, you know, they were so excited for me because they, you know, they, they know me. Um, and especially those older guys that, that, uh, first signing class that's still there. Um, that's Garrett's signing class, you know, my son's signing class. So those guys were over at the house all the time and, and, you know, we even had a deeper relationship. So they were really excited because they knew, that this was something that, that, you know, I was working towards. And, and, uh, and so they were, they were proud for me. And then I cannot say enough about uh, the way Dave Aranda allowed me to leave. And, you know, when he, he had the biggest smile on his face, whenever I came in there and said, coach, I'm going to be the next head coach at, and at Texas tech. And then he said, do it ever how you need to do it, go through this building and say, bye, you know, because I had to go through the academic staff. I had to go through the administration. You know, I went over to the to the nutrition center and, and made sure I said bye to all the ladies that, you know, Miss Val, that every single day I'd come in there and she's working the smoothies and everything, and she's fired up to see me. And so got to give them a hug and say bye. So I, I can't say enough about the way Dave Aranda uh, allowed me to do that. Uh I, I know everyone's interested to see what kind of program you're going to build out there at, at Texas Tech. Are there programs that you want your your Texas Tech program to emulate that, that you would like them to, to be like? I mean, everybody wants to be like Alabama, but like, are right. there programs out there that 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 you that you admire that you'd like your program to emulate? Well, you know, I want to 100 percent start out because, you know, our brand is the toughest, hardest working, most competitive team in the country. And, you know, you heard Matt Rule say that. I'm sure you could probably go on, um, you know, uh, the website with Carolina and it's going to say that for the NFL, you know, and, and uh, man, I was a part of building that brand there. And so whenever I close my eyes and I start looking at different things, man, I think of the 2019 defense that caused 30 turnovers and 46 sacks and played like their hair's on fire. But I can also go back to 2006 at Cedar Hill, Texas and, that team going 16 and 0 and close my eyes and see that same defense look the exact same way. So we're going to play with a passion, you know, that, that uh, hopefully is unmatched. And so I, whenever you're talking about those programs, it's guys that play great defense. And then on the, on the, you know, offensive side of the ball, um, we're going to play to our strengths. Uh, there's been times that 
I've been a part of teams and the one that's at Baylor right now that, you know, you're going to run the ball and you're going to pound the ball and you're going to play complimentary football. And then I've had times when 13 and 14 to Marcus Lodge and those guys, it was, it was air raid all over the place. You know, we were throwing the ball and, and lighting the scoreboard up. We're going to do both. Uh, we're going to, but we're going to have a, a team that uh, from special teams um, to offense and defense, we complement each other. And then we want to make sure that we have the smartest football team whenever it comes to football IQ in the country, um, because we don't want to beat ourselves. We don't, we don't want to beat ourselves. And, and a lot of times teams will lose games before they win games because they beat themselves. So uh, I know you're building a staff out there at Tech and, and you're working on that. I know one name that has come up a lot in conversations that, that I've had with folks around Tech is, is Sonny Cumbie, of course, the, the interim head coach, stuff like that. Uh, what have your conversations with him been like? And and uh, what are you are you considering? I, I don't want to put you on the spot here. Are you considering retaining him uh, for your staff? What is what is the status of you and Sonny Cumbie? Well, you know, right now, evaluating the current staff, um, you know, I've known Sonny for a long time. I know what he means out here in West Texas. You know, he's a Snyder boy and, you know, he he's uh, West Texas through and through. And so we're definitely going to sit down. I talked to him. He was at the press conference yesterday. And, and uh, so we're going to sit down and talk. And, you know, a lot of people are like, man, this is like uh, crazy. There's th- three games. What do you do? It, I look at it as a, a benefit to me versus, you know, a hindrance because, I can slowly build the staff versus, you know, I think there's a lot of times that coaches build the staff so fast and it's not a cohesive staff. Um, there's some toxic moments in that and, and it can blow up in your face and, you know, kind of been a part of that too. And so I just want to make sure that I'm doing the right thing and, and getting the right people in this building. You've been, you've been very, uh, proud of being a high school football coach of of your connection with the thsca uh of of being being at your core a high school football coach and and i'm interested in in the do you view yourself as kind of i think there's some people who look at great high school football coaches across the state and say they're great high school football coaches and maybe they emphasize high school so much you know what i mean say oh they're great high school football coaches do you feel like you're maybe representing coaches and saying, "Hey, we're more than just high school football coaches. We're great football coaches, period. Well, trust me, I've been in this. I know I haven't been in it long, five years, where it's uh, it's playing uh, against people or coaching with people. But I, I know, I know uh, there's a lot of high school coaches that can step in right now that are. I've been some around some of the best college coaches, and now some of them are in the NFL, and then. But I'll tell you right now, the high school coaches, the best of the best that I've been around, man, they can uh, they can coach with anybody. I, you know, just he's one of my really good friends. But you know, Lee Wigginson, I'll put him up against anybody at any level, uh, period. You know, and so it's one of those deals that, um, you know, it's just uh, it's I carry that because one, we're in the great state of Texas playing the greatest football in the country at the high school level. And two, I believe that, you know, and I've also heard people say, man, man, I can't believe that's kind of high school. And I was like, well, I'm going to tell you this in Cedar Hill, Texas, we didn't make those mistakes. So maybe it's college. Um, so it's kind of one of those deals of I carry that flag. I believe in it, you know, and, and uh, I'm hoping that 
My, I mean, that's, I will never forget this. Tell you a quick story. My very first day, I was going to be on the grass in the spring football and coach rule goes, Hey, let's go get something to eat. And I said, well, coach, I'm not through with all my stuff. And he goes, well, man, you're ready. And I go, coach, when I step on that grass tomorrow, I step on that grass for every single high school coach in this state. And I'm not going to embarrass them. And so when I step in this seat, I step in the, this seat for every high school coach in this state. And I'm not going to embarrass them. Uh, I know you know that the high school football playoffs start this week. I know that because every time our app drops for five seconds, you text me and say, dude, the app's down. <laughs> um, let, me, let me ask you, you're a guy who's had a little bit of success in the high school football playoffs. What advice would you give to high school football coaches heading into the playoffs and, and high school teams that, that are heading into a do or die situations this week? Well, you know, the toughest thing is um, <clears throat> don't look ahead of anything. You know, anything can happen in the playoffs. You know, it's a one-game season, and you're just trying to get the next week. And so I think that's very important. Um, you know, I think it's very important to respect your opponent, you know, and 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 be focused to uh, kind of what we just said and be in that moment. But the biggest thing, and, and I missed this, and I learned this in 2006, and I tell all the coaches, man, enjoy the moment. Uh, I was too young to understand that. And so I just was so focused on just everything in front of me. And I wished I would have uh, taken the time to take a deep breath because there's nothing like it. I mean, people ask me, you know, what, what do you miss? And man, I miss this Saturday uh, in the playoffs. I mean, literally there's nothing like it when you're a coach and you can take a team and you've got one game to get another game. Um, Man, it, that's incredible. That's just incredible. Uh, and finally, Coach, uh, last question for you. Have you ever thrown a tortilla? <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny that I've okay. never thrown a tortilla. My best friend played here, so they might have been throwing them in 1989 <laughs> and 1990 also. Okay. I'm just making. Listen, I'm I'm a I'm a journalist. I have to ask the important questions. I know I don't want to put you on the spot. He's he's Joey McGuire. He's the new head coach of Texas Tech Red Raiders. Coach, congratulations on the new gig. We're so excited to see what you do out there in Lubbock. Hey man, thank you so much. You know I love you guys. Wreck them. There he is, Joey. Ah. Whoa! No, too many Craigs. Color corrections. <laughs> My yellow, right here. Oh. What's going on here? Why are you yellow? I don't know. Anyway, there's Joey McGuire. It's Damn literally God. just staying on your face like that. I know. What's going on, guys? I do not have yellow things on my face. That is so weird. Anyway, there's Joey McGuire, <laughs> the head coach of the Texas Tech Red Raiders, uh, joining us here on Texas Football Today. Uh, easy guy to root for, obviously. Um, and and you see the passion come through and what he is, um, what he's all about. It's the first and round of the Texas high school football yes. playoffs. With I was trying to we doing okay? make you not be yellow, but it I'm wasn't working. The camera. Anyway, there's te- uh, Texas Tech coach Joey McGuire. Um, and um, I don't know. I don't know. He's He is he is very clearly fired up for the job. Um, I think you, you sense that he knows it's bigger than him. And I think that that's pretty cool. And I know that I know that the Texas a lot of Texas high school football coaches are rooting for him for that reason. And I think it's cool. I Jeff Trailer kind of spoke about him the other day, and he was saying he was like it. He goes, I understand how hard it is to believe for people that don't know him that he genuinely is always like that. 
but he's like guys i'm telling you like that's not an act it's not a face it's nothing like anytime you talk to joey mcguire he is just like that yeah i think authentic so, <laughs> so anyway there's joey mcguire the new texas tech head coach we're texas football today we're here every weekday at noon normally not yellow on texas football today or uh, on textball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. All right. You madman. It's time. There are 352 UIL Texas high school football games this weekend. Here's predictions for all of them on Texas football today. It's the first round of the Texas high school football playoffs with 352 win or go home games scattered across the state. What kind of psychopath would pick all 352 of them? These are the picks. Welcome into the picks, your guide to Texas high school football playoffs. My name is Greg Tepper of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. Thank you so much for tuning in, and happy holidays, folks. The Texas high school football playoffs are upon us. Truly a singular sports experience across the globe with 352 playoff games this weekend. And do you guys see this, too? Is it? Look at that. My picks are scrolling at the bottom of the screen. That's right. I and picking all 352 UIL Texas high school football playoff games this weekend. Perhaps foolishly, but I'm going to do it for two reasons. One, I'm a glutton for punishment. Two, so you can't yell at me for not picking your game. That's right, we're picking every single game this week. I'm either going to mention it out loud or it is scrolling at the bottom of the screen. Big games everywhere you look. We start in Shenandoah. 7 o'clock Friday night at Wood Forest Bank Stadium in Shenandoah. It is a 6A Division I by-district matchup between the Spring Lions and the Woodlands Highlanders. What are the keys to this matchup? Key number one, Bishop becomes king. Let's talk about Bishop Davenport, the quarterback for Spring, who is one of my very favorite players in the state this year. The Lions QB is nearing 3,000 yards passing. He's also Spring's leading rusher. This guy does a little bit of everything, and what I like most about him is he takes care of the football. Uh, when he has the ball, it is usually pretty darn safe. And the dual threat aspect could be a problem for this Woodlands defense because they've had trouble containing dual threat quarterbacks. Just a couple of weeks ago against Conroe, Clayton Garlock went for more than 560 yards of total offense on them. Yikes. And Bishop Davenport could feast against this Highlanders defense if they're not ready. So can the Woodlands defense contain Bishop Davenport or will Bishop become king? Key number two, Matower on the move. On the other side for the Woodlands, their quarterback, sophomore Mabry Matower, has really impressed me. I think this guy is a star in the making. And when you watch him, what impresses me most is that he's not necessarily a runner, but he has great mobility in the sense that he can extend the play outside the pocket, keep his eyes downfield, and let his receivers get open, usually hitting them in stride. Guys like Ben Ferguson in that deep receiving core for the Woodlands. And I think that's going to be the key for spring is to keep him contained, not allow him to uh, extend plays and allow them to the receivers to get away from the secondary. So can spring contain Mabry Matower or will he get outside the pocket and wreak havoc? And key number three, turn it up. So we're into the playoffs, right? Everyone faces the same stakes this week. It is win and you're moving on to the next round, lose and you're blowing up basketballs on Monday, right? Everyone knows, and so the intensity is going to be a little bit higher in this game than normal. You add into the fact that, look, 
It's been a minute since either one of these teams, Spring or the Woodlands, has really been challenged, really faced a team, in my opinion, in their weight class. For Spring, it probably goes back to week six when they lost to Spring Westfield. It's probably the last time they played a truly excellent football team. Uh, for the Woodlands, it may be back in week four when they played Katy. That may be the last time they played a truly excellent football team. Well, now both teams are playing a truly excellent football team. So what happens when that intensity gets turned up? Who handles that pressure the best? Who am I picking? I'm going with Spring. The Lions get the nod here on the strength of the quarterback play with Bishop Davenport. I think they have the more complete defense. And I think they're ready for a moment like this, going on the road to a very tough place to play in Wood Forest Bank Stadium. But I think they're able to get the win by getting a couple of turnovers and forcing uh, the, the, the hand of this Woodlands offense. Now, I do think that Mabry Tower is capable of taking over this game. I think this kid is a star. The super sophomore has been fantastic. But I got to see something from the Woodlands defense, especially against a dual threat dynamo like Bishop Davenport. I think this game is close, pretty much a coin flip, but I think Spring gets the win, giving the Lions. 7 o'clock Friday night at Vernon Newsom Stadium in Mansfield. It's a 5A Division I showdown between the Mansfield Summit Jaguars and the Azel Hornets. Fantastic first-round matchup in this one. Of course, Summit is no stranger to playoff success. Remember, they won Region 1 last year, uh, storming from fourth place all the way to the state semifinals, and they've got a lot of those key pieces back, including their quarterback David Hopkins and running back Orlando Scales. Their defense with Ahmad Moses has been very good as well. That defense is going to need to be good because this Azel team can score. Quarterback Chris Lee has been fantastic. Running back Mason Weibel is a star. This is an offense that's really strong, but the defense leaves a little something to be desired, and that's where I think the difference is in this game. I think Summit's defense is a little bit more trustworthy, especially at home. I think the Jaguars get the win. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Wildcat Stadium in Splendora. It is a 4A Division II by district matchup between the Belleville Bramas and the Orangefield Bobcats. I like this Orangefield team. I think that Josh Smalley's done an outstanding job of kind of building this team into a winner. They got a signature win over Silsby, and I also think that that slot T offense with Cameron Dishler is really leading the way. I like the way this team operates. The defense has been pretty good, and they're going to need it because this Belleville team, goodness gracious okay they've got a one-two punch that maybe nobody in the state has in robert briggs and richard reese these two teams these two guys have combined for 52 total touchdowns on the year yeah it's serious business and oh by the way the defense is giving up fewer than nine points per game that's the challenge for this orange field team i think that they can keep it close if the defense can come up with a couple of big plays but overall i think the star power for belleville may be too much give me the brainless 7 o'clock Friday night at Douglas Stadium in Muleshoe. It is a 3A Division II showdown between the Abernathy Antelopes and the Friona Chieftains. We knew that the District 3 versus 4 by district matchups were going to be good, and this might be the best one of the bunch, which is saying something considering we've also got Idaloo and Canadian this week. So, all right. Uh, this is going to be a fantastic matchup. Abernathy quarterback uh, Jess Hole has been fantastic, but the defense has to reestablish itself after a, a couple of uh, rough weeks, especially their loss to Lubbock Roosevelt. And they need to get it together in a hurry because this Friona offense, especially on the ground uh, with Jacob Bautista and Mario Bautista, is really hard to stop. That's going to be what's really fun about this matchup. I actually think this game could be a bit of a shootout if both offenses really get into rhythm. In the end, I'm going to lean slightly towards Abernathy, but keep an eye on this one. 7.30 p.m. Friday night at Davenport High School Stadium in San Antonio. It's a 2A Division I by district matchup between Johnson City and Flatonia. And these are two teams that are pretty reliant on their dual threat quarterback. For Johnson City, they're really reliant on Cade Boyer. This is a guy who's uh, either thrown the ball or run the ball on 60% 
of their plays this season. They really rely on this dual threat quarterback, and, and he's, for the most part, been pretty good. Going up against Fidel Venegas with this Flatonia attack, I think that Flatonia is one of those teams that's better than their 4-4 four and four record indicates, and they are a dangerous team for this uh, Johnson City team. But in the end, I do think that the Johnson City defense is the difference. I think they're able to make one or two extra stops. Give me JC. And 7.30 p.m. Friday night in Colorado City. It is a 1A Division I by district matchup between Sterling City and Hermley. Uh, so in six-man football, 1A, there's only two teams from each district that make the playoffs, right? So it's only a 32-team bracket. So we get to the fireworks factory pretty quick, and this is a massive matchup in the first round of the mat uh, first round of the playoffs. Hermley, the Cardinals coming off of their first undefeated regular season since the 70s. They have been unbelievable, especially uh, thanks in large part to the Digbys. Jonathan and Stetson, they are the stars of this team and they have an opportunity to guide them to an even greater season. They draw Sterling City, of course, the defending state champs who are in this position because they lost to Westbrook in district play. So they are the second seed of their own district. Now they take on a 10-0 Hermley team. Uh, a big question in this one is whether or not the Sterling City defense is going to be able to come up with big plays led by Damian Calderon. That is the real question in this one. Look, this is as good of a game in the state as you're going to find in the first round of the playoffs. I think I'd lean towards a team with a championship pedigree. That's Sterling City. Give me the Eagles. But those are far from the only big games in the first round of the Texas high school football playoffs. Remember, I'm either going to mention your game out loud or they're scrolling at the bottom of the screen. Let's get to the lightning round. In 6A Division 1, I like Louisville to take down McKinney Boyd. Give me a Tascacita over Deer Park. And big game in Central Texas, I like Round Rock over Austin Bowie. 6A Division 2 now, I like Flower Mound Marcus over Prosper. And tough game to call here, but I think it's hashtag Maximum Bears. Give me Bridgeland over Klein Collins. Edinburgh Vela beats San Benito in a big game in the Rio Grande Valley. And give me Clear Falls over Pearland Dawson. 5A Division 1 now, Corpus Christi Flower Bluff gets past McAllen Rowe. I like Fort Bend Hightower in a close one over Port Arthur Memorial. And give me Longview to get by Magnolia. 5A Division 2 now, Clint Horizon beats El Paso Burgess. And I like Ennis over Denison. Fort Marshall beats Barbers Hill, but keep an eye on that one. And I like Bernie Champion over Mercedes. Four Division One now, give me Kennedale over Brownwood. And Springtown gets by Canyon. Kilgore beats Huffman Hargrave, and I'm going with Bernie over Fisher Canyon Lake. Four Division Two now, I like Pleasant Grove over Canton. Give me Geronimo Navarro over Smithville. And Salina takes down Mineral Wells. Big games in 3A Division One. I like Tatum over Pottsboro. And I like Pilot Point and a close one over Early. Hallisville takes down Cameron Yo and Lago Vista beats Universal City Randolph. 3A Division 2 now. I'm going with Dangerfield to take down Harmony. I'm going to go with East Bernard to beat Lexington. And I like Leonard to beat Edgewood. 2A Division 1 now. I like Hawley over San Saba. Give me Boskeville in a very close one over Marlin. And I like Beckville to stay perfect with a win over Joaquin. In 2A Division 2, I like Santo over Petrolia. And give me Wellington over Vega. I like Chilton over Sims Bowie. And in one of the games of the week in by district I like Cristoval in a close one over Burton. Big time action in six-man football in 1A Division I. I like Blum over Coolidge and Spring Lake Earth beats Happy. And in 1A Division II, I like Cherokee to get by Blanket. And in a matchup of 10-0 versus 9-1, I like Jayton over Benjamin. And those are the picks. I did it. I picked all 352 UIL Texas high school football games. I either mentioned it out loud or was scrolling at the bottom of my screen. So if you missed it, just rewind the video, and then you can tell me what am I wrong about. Leave comments down below. Don't forget that subscribe button.
Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Campbells, And of course, see us at texasfootball.com where you can find complete coverage of 2021 UIL Texas High School Football Playoffs at texasfootball.com slash playoffs. Thanks for watching. Enjoy the first round of the Texas High School Football Playoffs. We'll see you. There it is. The picks. My high school football predictions for all 352 UIL Texas high school football. Did you know I did that? I did. I did. Yep. You let us know. <laughs> all 352 <laughs> Texas high school football games. Uh, that's on YouTube. If you missed it, you can watch the scroll. And as always, I promise I got at least, I guarantee I get at least one of those right. Uh, so make sure you check that out. Uh, we'll see how I did. Probably not great, but we'll find out. Uh, Mike Craven is here. Hello, Mike. Hello. How are you? You're back from the Great West. Just in time to go back. You really are. Because <laughs> so, you, you, were, uh, you were in El Paso for UTEP and UTSA. Yep. I'm going to go to uh, Lubbock tonight, meeting with Joey McGuire tomorrow, mm -hmm. watch Texas Tech Iowa State on Saturday. Wow. So uh, just covering as much ground as possible. Um, yeah, you're, you're getting some miles under those, uh, under those outstanding shoes, I should say. Thank you. Uh, Kendrick Lamar's. It is uh, time for our college football burning questions, uh, previewing the college football week ahead. Pickle, where are we starting? Um, let's go with... Uh-oh. We got it right here. Me. She didn't know we were doing graphics. <laughs> what happens when Caleb Williams faces an actually good defense? This one, number eight, Oklahoma, at number 13, Baylor, 11 a.m. on Saturday. Watch it on Fox. Um, and that's kind of the real, like, the real interesting question here is because Caleb Williams has obviously been excellent for, for Oklahoma. He's been a revelation for them. Uh, but has he played a defense that's even, like... Pretty good. I mean, a lot of the defenses he's played, I guess Texas is probably the best one. But a lot of the, he's feasted on some bad defenses. Yeah, I mean, the one he struggled against the most was probably in that Kansas game. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know if we consider Baylor's defense overly good, though. I mean, we watched what mm -hmm. Chandler Morris did to him last week, and Chandler Morris created a lot of that with his legs, and that's something Caleb Williams can do. So if I'm Baylor, I'm worried Oklahoma's watching that tape and going, okay, there's some things that we can exploit here, and uh, for this defense this week, they're going to have to tackle better, and you just hope he makes a couple true freshman mistakes, mm -hmm. right? He's still capable of that. He's a young guy, so you just have to take advantage of when you can, and, and Baylor didn't do that with Chandler Morris. I would expect them to play a lot better football game this week. The other question on the other Size is I, I look. I, he's been pretty darn good all year, but Gary Bohannon's just got to be better. Like I mean, he was not good. I would say against against TCU. I would make the argument he wasn't good the week before. He's had a couple of rougher games. He's gonna have to take care of the football and, and be you know be smart with it and, and take advantage of an Oklahoma defense that I think can be beat. Well, Oklahoma secondary can get it got if you can get to him right. And you know Bohannon had one pick going into that BYU game. He's had two in both of his previous two games. So he's got to he's got to hold the ball because Baylor's not talented enough to beat people with mistakes. They have to have a you know like a tennis game right like mm -hmm. unforced errors. You need to have those. Last couple of weeks they've had too much of that. That kept Texas in the game. Of course, it allowed TCU to win it. So, yeah, they need to play a cleaner game on both sides of the football. Tennis. I've got into tennis, actually. Let's go. What's next, Pickle? <laughs> <laughs> Let's go UCF at SMU. The seven-point spread there at 11 a.m. on a Saturday. What's the biggest difference between a good SMU team and bad SMU? Because, like, I would say against Houston, it wasn't necessarily bad SMU. It was just, like... It was. It came up a couple plays short. They st mm -hmm. first quarter they were bad, right. bad SMU. Uh, last week I would say was bad SMU. I think that they were pretty poor, and I think a lot of it comes down to whether or not they're able to run the ball. Mm -hmm. uh, Tanner Mordecai is great. Tanner Mordecai can't be your only 
option. Like, they've got to be able to run the ball, and I think that's the biggest difference between what, what you get as far as SMU is concerned. They should be able to run the ball against UCF. They should be able to win this game, but they probably should have been able to do it last week against Memphis, too. Yeah, I mean, the answer to this question is Ulysses Bentley. Yeah. Right? When he is healthy, this SMU team has the balance, as you mentioned, to be really good. It allows Tanner Mordecai to be even better, and it allows that offensive line to be good. The reason we've seen SMU give up more sacks the last two weeks than the previous seven is because they haven't been able to run the football. Mm -hmm. So when you're in third and nine and a defensive line knows what's happening, they can blitz and do different stuff. So the answer to me is a running game. And Trey Siggers, Tyler Levine are good running backs. Ulysses Bentley is a great running back. Mm -hmm. And when he's on the field, that gives them a, di a dimension that they just don't have without him. Uh, Agree. Should be a real, I think, a real telling game for SMU coming up on Saturday morning. What's next, Pickle? Sticking in the double AC here, Houston at Temple, 11 a.m. on Saturday. Over under five and a half sacks for Houston. Uh, Temple, Houston gets after the quarterback a lot. Uh, Temple is bad. Uh, they are bad. Uh, they're un They're not like horrifying at giving up sacks, but they're bottom, bottom third. And so I'll take the over on this one. I think they get after him. But they may just they may not throw the ball enough. That's what I was going to say. I'm taking the own under just because I would imagine they don't give as many opportunities to do that. And when they do pass, it's going to be quick stuff. It's going to be screens. Because, I mean, Houston has built a, a you know reputation of getting after the quarterback and being so good at rushing the passer that I'd imagine that they do everything they can to get the ball out of their hands quickly. Five and a half is a lot because then you're betting on six. Mm -hmm. you know. So I'm, I'm taking five or under for sure. I'm taking the over because I'm... I don't know. Because there's no, because there's no stakes. <laughs> there's no money. On there's it. no money on the line. <laughs> we'll talk after the show. Okay. All right. What's next? All right. Moving on there. <laughs> Some conference USA action. Western Kentucky, a big favorite at Rice, 1 p.m. on Saturday. Bloom, is he on the uh, hot seat? Tepper, this one hurts your heart. I, I can't. It. I can't speak uh, uh, with hoot, any sort hoot. of. I can't speak with any sort of like, what's the word I'm looking for? Objectivity on this one because right. I love Bloom. Uh, I'm worried about him though. I'm worried now. Rice is a di different. It's a different scenario. It's a different. Normally, if you had a record like his at any other school, it it would be like, yeah, of course he's on the hot seat. Um, I don't know. Like there's a it, there. I think it would have to like he's gonna get longer than than most coaches would. But it, it has looked pretty poor at times at Rice. I'd call it a warm seat. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I do think you get uh, a little extra uh, leeway at Rice because what are the defined expectations for Rice football? Like, what is good? What is bad? What is unacceptable? I don't know those answers. Uh, I'm not sure that Rice football knows those answers. And so uh, with what he's given and just the different obstacles that you have to have as the Rice coach, it's hard for me to, to be too hard on him. Mm -hmm. But what I will say is that defense was supposed to be better this year. That's and they cannot find an answer at quarterback. And, and those two things have to be fixed to move in any sort of direction. Not, we're not talking about getting to 10 wins or anything like that. But to be a competent, consistent football team, Rice needs to play good defense, and they need to find a quarterback. And until that happens, then his seat is warm because that's on coaching. You know, we were talking yesterday about maybe Texas going in the, in the transfer portal for quarterback and stuff like that. I think when we do postmortems after the season and stuff like that, one of the big questions, one of the big things we were talking about with Rice was Luke McCaffrey coming in as a transfer and being like, man, can he inject some consistency at the quarterback spot? Like, that has been one of the most under 
under talked about like kind of disasters there in in in, in the transfer portal that he just has not been able to get on the he hasn't been able to win the job I mean, he's third on the death chart yeah i mean i think jake constantine and wiley green are above him when both are healthy the problem is they've had to start three different quarterbacks this mm -hmm. year and that's you know it's hard for any team to do but a team that's going to be talent deficient right yes. rice isn't going to show up on many football fields with equal or better talent so they need to do everything else good and when you don't have consistency at quarterback, that means you're not getting consistency in practice. That means you're not getting consistency in the film room. And those kind of things are showing up. That's why you can see a team go on the road and beat UAB, but then not be able to beat North Texas at home. It's just an inconsistent football team. And to me, that's what puts you know, Bloomgren on maybe the hot seat is just how they're losing, not necessarily mm -hmm. like that they're losing. Yeah, I agree with that. All right, what's next? Up next, Georgia Southern at Texas State, 2 p.m. on a Saturday. At this point, what would constitute a successful finish for Texas State? I said this before when we were doing our, our viewing guide. I cannot in good conscience uh, recommend that you watch this game. Uh, I, think it's, I think it's for sickos only. So if you're a sicko, ESPN Plus, 2 o'clock, get the wallet out. Um, I don't know. I thought last week was a nice step in the right direction. What do you... That's me getting my wallet out. Oh, okay. Are you going to watch this game? <laughs> he says, Absolutely. yes. Absolutely. I mean, I'm paid to watch all of the FBS games, right? I so guess that's like, true. I yeah. mean, if I'm not watching it Saturday, I'm watching it Sunday. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think you saw them take some steps last week. I think the defense, the defense has really been a nice bright spot, I think, overall, and what's a lost season for them. Uh, the offense is, you know, I think what I would like to see is I'd like to see some of the young guys on offense start to emerge and be like, oh, hey, that's somebody we can look for maybe next year. Yeah, I mean, to me, the answer to this question is improvement mm -hmm. and just effort right like you can tell what a locker room thinks about their coach during hard times by how hard they play mm -hmm. and if texas state can you know win this game i think they're a two and a half point favorite if they can win this football game you know they won last week i think it still shows that they're playing for spavital and that's important right if if they're walking if they walk out there and get beat by 15 20 points or something like that mm -hmm. that's a locker room that's given up on the process has kind of looked forward to the off season and then you don't know what you're getting so for me what i'm trying to see for texas state and what would constitute a uh, a successful season is five and seven and a team who is playing hard yeah. good football where you can point to a few things and go that's better in week 12 than it was in week one that's true all right what's next all right up next conference usa action southern miss at number 23 utsa 230 p.m on saturday hey <laughs> y'all want to see a dead body <laughs> uh i can't stop smiling this um <laughs> now this this is gonna get bad guys because oh, be so here's bad. the thing utsa is coming home okay that's a big this might even be homecoming i don't know uh they're coming home they are feeling it like this is they that was as complete uh a, a whipping. You saw it in person at yeah. UTEP, yeah. Uh, as they as maybe they've had all year, and that's saying something because they have some really nice games. They look like they're hitting their stride. And their head coach just announced he's sticking around. First head coach, first game for for at home since Jeff Trailer announced that he's staying, basically, or signed that extension. And they're playing Southern Miss, and guys, Southern Miss is butt. Yeah. They are bad. They really uh, are bad. This is this is gonna get ugly. Yeah, I mean, this may be the game I watched the least of, right? Yeah. Like, That's coming from a sicko. And a, and a UTSA grad. Um, but, yeah, I, you know, Ish and I were talking about this yesterday. What's the weak link for UTSA football? You know, like so. you can look at, I mean, even at A&M, right, who's really good. You, If I ask you that question, there's an obvious answer. Yeah. With UTSA, there's not. I mean, maybe the secondary. I mean, maybe. Uh, but Southern Miss isn't going to be. part, yeah. Right, and Southern Miss isn't going to be able to get to that, right? They're not going to be able to protect their quarterback long enough to, to 
to really threaten that. So for UTSA, this game is about staying healthy, staying focused. And while we can joke and, and say, okay, they, they should just blow this team out, you know, nobody in that UTSA locker room has experienced what is happening right now. This is all new. This success is new. Getting mentioned on college football playoffs ranking show is new. Getting mentioned on college game day is new. Um, when you are a G5 school who it doesn't get a lot of respect, you have to beat the teams like this really, really bad. So I think that's bad news for Southern Miss, right? Like UTSA needs this game to look really good to kind of keep that momentum going and national perception going. Um, I would never bet on anything that's 33 for, points. For, enter, for entertainment purposes only. Right. UTSA by 70. Because, <laughs> I mean, they're by however much they want it to be. Yeah. I mean, guys, yeah. I really can't say. I've watched, because they're in college USA, I've watched, and I think this is their last game against the Texas team. Mm-hmm. Um, I've watched a fair amount of Southern Miss this year. That's one of the worst teams in the country. Yeah, North Texas beat them. What's perfect for UTSA is UAB's next, and that's kind of the conference Western Championship game, right? And so this week, in theory, you play for a half, you get your reserves in the second half, and you kind of use it as a you know, glorified open week. Yeah. All right, what's next, Pickle? Up next, let's head over to the Big 12, Iowa State at Texas Tech, 2.30 p.m. on Saturday is Sonny Cumbie coaching for or co- yeah, coaching for a job on Joey McGuire's staff. So Sonny Cumbie is the former office coordinator, now interim head coach there. Of course, a Texas Tech. He's beloved out there in Texas Tech. Um, you know, look, now I don't know. There are also, I'll just say this, and I don't have any inside information, but I, I, I don't know if there are some sort of things that they that the administration when they hire Joey McGuire wants him to keep on they may want him to keep Sonny Cumbie he may not have a choice but I also think that let's say that doesn't exist uh yeah I think that I think that for a guy we were talking kind of yesterday about about Joey McGuire he's kind of scheme agnostic Mm -hmm. um if he sees something good from Sonny Cumbie who obviously knows the area and we talked on we just had our interview with him um, he knows Sonny Cumbie you know for a while just because they've run in the same circles yeah I mean I, I think there's a fair argument to be made that Sonny Cumbie is, is at least looking to catch the eye of the, the new head coach in Lubbock I don't know if it's even just catching Joey McGuire's eye as much as public perception's eye, mm-hmm. right? Like if Texas Tech goes out and plays really good against Iowa State and scores 30-plus points, then it's like, well, maybe he should keep Sonny Cumbie. But I, I think that hire probably depends more on what Joey McGuire is hearing from the players on campus mm-hmm. than what he sees on the field. Like McGuire's going to meet with every single player on that team. And if those 45 offensive guys are like, you got to keep Sonny Cumbie here, he's going to keep Sonny Cumbie yeah. here, even if they put up seven points against Iowa State. So I don't know if Sonny Cumbie needs this big performance against Iowa State as much as he needs the trust of the guys already inside that locker room. That'll determine what McGuire does because it would be nice to have one coordinator locked in. Yeah. The team already knows him. You know the offensive scheme. You kind of know the players. I think he'd like to keep Sonny Cumbie around. Is this going to come down to like, what he hears from his team. And I'll also say, uh, Republic of Football, both the regular episode this week and then also you guys did an emergency episode earlier this week, uh, talk at length about the Joey McGuire hire there at Texas Tech. So make sure you subscribe to Republic of Football. What's next, Pickle? Up next, back to Conference USA we go. UTEP at North Texas, 3 p.m. on Saturday at Apogee. Pick them, Miners or Mean Green? We were talking before we came on the air about, for entertainment purposes, about how the, um, the, the betting line on this game moved 
big mm -hmm. time. I think it's now, I put it in there at one, it might be one and a half now, yep. but North Texas Open is a one point favorite and it has steamed as, you know, I, I heard that one time on television, and, you know, not me. It's moved over to UTEP, uh, one and a half, so it's moved two and a half points. Uh, so uh, we got some believers out there in UTEP. Uh, I tend to believe that you don't ask bad to do good and uh, for entertainment purposes. So I would go with UTEP in this game. Yeah, I'm picking UTEP as well. I mean, being on the road concerns me a little bit, but it's not like North Texas, that, you know, it's not like there are going to be 40,000 people yeah. in those stands, you know, making it hard. For me, this is a game that really is going to tell us a lot about UTEP. Are they a team that just beat up on bottom feeders that they were supposed to beat pretty easily? Um, and that just can't play against teams that are, you know, of equal talents, yeah. right? Um, because if you look at, I mean, their losses are to Boise State, UTSA, and FAU all the way out in Florida, and UTEP's never won a game in the Eastern Time Zone. I don't know if you know that or not. I did know oh, that. That's oh, one of the most amazing stats. Oh, ever. 26 and <laughs> one or whatever. So um, they've had good losses, but they've yet to had a, a good win. And I don't know if North Texas counts, but North Texas is a talented football team. Like mm -hmm. player for player, North Texas has more talent than UTEP. So I think this would be a really impressive win for UTEP. It would stop a skid. And then on the other side, you know, North Texas can still reach a bowl. You know, they win this that game. That is they, shocking. They win this game, they win next week, and then they, they get UTSA at home in week 13, last game of the season, where they could really pull an upset and get to 6-6 six and six and kind of salvage that season in whatever way it could be salvaged. So this is an important game for, for both teams. I find it one of the more interesting games in the state this year, yeah, honestly. Or I think the state this week, honestly. I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, Pickle, any thoughts? Call. What's next, Pickle? Up next, we've got number 11, Texas A&M, taking on number 15, Ole Miss. What percentage chance do you give A&M for winning the SEC West? So basically, here's what they need. They need one more. They need to win out, and they need one more Alabama loss. Um, now, Alabama's still got Auburn, but if Bo Nix shows up this week the same way against them the same way he showed up last week, then that's not going to be a problem. Um, I give them about a 30% chance. Uh, less than 50, obviously, but I think about 30% chance. I give them 10% chance. One, one, I think Ole Miss has about a 50-50 shot of winning this football Ooh. game. And I, I just don't. That Auburn team was bad. And I'm never going to pick against Alabama losing twice in, in one regular season in the SEC. So, yeah, give me about 10%. One, because I think A&M can lose this game, and, and also because I don't think Alabama's losing again. Yeah, it's another interesting quarterback matchup of Zach Calzada. Like, I need to see him do it again. Like, he did it against A&M and he kind of, or against Alabama, and he kind of hasn't done it again yet. All right, Pickle, what's next? Up next, back to the Big 12 we go. Kansas at Texas. <laughs> Big favorites there, 6.30 p.m. on Saturday. Is the video of UT assistant Bo Davis cursing at players a big deal? I'll just no. leave it to Mike Craven. No. Uh, any of us who have played any type of organized sport has probably been talked to in that way. I mean, my father talks to me like that if I leave a dish out and I'm 35 years old, right? You know, like that. I, I, I was not – I'm more surprised it got leaked by yeah. a player, mm -hmm. and that speaks more to the problems at Texas than the fact that a coach got up there and spoke like that. What I found most interesting about that rant wasn't the cuss words. It was the fact that he mentioned transfer portal – three or four times that wasn't a uh that was a suggestion you know what i mean like yeah. he's he wants a bunch of those guys to get in the transfer portal because that they need attrition at texas they need about 20 25 guys to just get off that boat so they can replace them with people who know how to win i think that there i think there's big 
the, this, this, the only reason this is a big deal is that I think it reveals something that we've suspe suspected, which is that there are bigger issues than just not being able to convert a third and eight uh, on at, at Texas right now. And that's what Steve Sarkeesian and that staff need to weed out. I think we've got one more, Pickle. We sure do. Sticking with the Big 12 again, TCU at number 10, Oklahoma State, 6.30 p.m. on Saturday. Who would you start, Max Duggan or Chandler Morris? I think this is easy. Uh, look, the season for t for for uh, the season for TCU is more or less lost. I think that's fair to say. They can still make a bowl if they get hot at the right time. Uh, but I think you go with Chandler Morris. I think he's. I think he. What he showed last week. He's. I think he's earned another start. I just say that. Yeah, you you ride the hot hand, and you know Ish and I have talked about this a lot too over this last week. If you're a coach who's kind of in the running for that TCU job, it's gotten a lot more interesting yeah. over the last week because Chandler Morris is a piece to build around, right? Mm -hmm. Max Duggan's not bad either, and they got some talent around there. That was an incredible performance by Chandler Morris and I think you start him again just to see if it's real yeah like you just need to find out if if what you saw last week is is close to what I mean because he's not going to do that every week no. but close to that like if that is who he is as a college quarterback you've really found something and to do it on the road against a ranked team against a good defense Oklahoma State's got a really good defense for once it's amazing anyway those are our college football burning questions thanks Craven absolutely in time it's going to do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And, of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Joey McGuire of Texas Tech for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please come get your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today.